0: Thank you guys for your very warm welcome. We always love being here. You guys Amen. are cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're just, you're, you're like family up north. Yeah, we just so enjoy being with Paul and Ruth every time. So, I get to do a miracle this morning. I get to do a, a five minute overview of our work. That's a miracle. <laughs> That's as much of a miracle as Alan doing a half-hour sermon. <laughs> so let me just go fast, fast. We work in Tanzania, which is a nation in the, the, uh, one of the East African nations of Africa. We do leadership training. Leadership training is our... Have we got slides? Okay. You can look at that while I talk. We do leadership training, we, tra- we train church leaders, we train school teachers, we train kids, we train in agriculture, holistic agriculture, farming God's way, and we train in grassroots evangelism, we train people how to go out into the community, how to do treasure hunts, how to find the people who God wants to touch, how to pray for them, how to pray for healing, our, our teams see awesome miracles happening out in the field and more and more the more you go out the more you see eh? yeah. so it's real breakthroughs happening they go into the slums they go into the villages and see really cool things happening this is a special month for us 23rd of this month marks 30 years wow. since we arrived in Tanzania. Hallelujah.
1: How how can people so young have been there so long? I I don't understand that. Hallelujah.
0: The scripture says, unless a a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. And we really believe that. God's given us a heart for Tanzania, and we went there to die. We've died, and now fruit is, is coming. You know, it takes time for fruit to grow. It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to commit yourself to the people that God's called you to serve. Yeah, and when you do that, you sow, you sow, you sow, in time that comes a harvest. Yeah. It's true for all of us. Yeah. It's, it's our testimony. It's your testimony as well. Yeah. And we really sense that. Gosh, I'm going outside of my my little, um, yeah. what I'm supposed to do right now. But we sense that so much here that for the years of sowing that you've put into this community, a harvest is coming. Yeah. Uh, Harvest is coming. It's God's time for harvest. So, anyway, back to my what I'm supposed to be talking about. In the 30 years that we've been there, we've seen huge changes in Tanzania. Tanzania is not a very old nation. It's like fifty-seven, did we say fifty-seven years old? And we've been there for thirty of those fifty-seven years. So, Tanzania was established as a socialistic nation, very tight controls, government-in-charge, statist kind of thing. We came in towards the end of that president's term. We have seen, actually, the beginning of the next president's term. We've seen presidents come and go. We've seen capitalism rising in the nation. We've seen democracy, African-style, rising in the nation, We've seen corruption, big-time corruption in the nation. Many things have happened. And we've, in, within that context, our ministry has been able to grow freely. We've had a lot of freedom. It's been a real blessing from the Lord. Two and a half years ago, we got a new president. We changed from a Muslim president to a, a Christian president. He came in and very quickly established himself as the anti-corruption president he his his thing was wipe out corruption and he started off and he people getting fired and hired and stuff was flying everywhere but you know what do you do when your aim is to get rid of corruption in a nation but your political party is corrupt to the core it's it's a big job And so what this man has had to do is he has had to become very unilateral in the way that he acts. He's had to tighten the controls, and he is. And so we see Tanzania reverting back into this socialistic system that we started off with. And he's he's tightening controls in every way that you can imagine. So we're seeing... Investors leaving the country, we're seeing the economy going down, we're seeing private institutions closing. He, he has stated that he doesn't want any more private schools, he doesn't want any more private um, colleges, and they're being closed down, left, right and centre. But, and, and that's our sector, right? Private schools, Christian schools teachers' training college. To this point, he hasn't touched missions, but private colleges, which kind of a sort of... uh, He would see as being outside of that are being threatened. And within our region, I think something like 20-odd colleges have received letters saying, you'll be shut down if you don't comply with blah, blah, blah. But blah, blah, blah is never made clear. It's very political. But God has given us a verse, and we are really hanging on to this verse. I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. And in, in, my, in the education sector where I work, God has given us an amazing open door. We are now training government teachers, and we are getting such favor within the education, the ministry of education, the district officers are saying, come in. We need help. Come and help us. Train our inspectors. Hello, train our inspectors. I'm going, yippee. You <laughs> get train your inspectors. Train our district officers. Train our academic officers. We want you to come because we've seen the fruit of what you're doing. So we're, I'm really excited about that. So yes. when we get a letter saying, you know, we're going to close down your college, I just go like, no, no, you know It's like what you said. It's bad news, but it's not bad news. Because if God has opened a door, then no man can shut that door. Yes. Amen. So we're really excited about what God's doing. I've got Tanzanian sons and daughters out there in that education sector right now who are mentoring, who are impacting. You know, just one more thing before I close. When the children of Israel went into the promised land... Caleb said, there's a mountain over there, and I want that mountain. Give me that mountain. And that's my cry for education in Tanzania. It's a big mountain, the mountain of education. And the government is trying to pull us in. They're they're tightening their controls. They're saying, you've got to do it this way, and you've got to do this, you've got to do this. But I'm saying, God, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. Because that's why we're there. We're there in that nation to really take the land That's for good. the lord so did i do it in five yeah. minutes probably yeah. not but
1: <laughs> very good now you can take that with you linda i might bowl that otherwise well good morning everybody this is english i'm speaking despite the crazy accent all right great to be with you once again and thank you so much for your prayers your concern your input to us in africa We do appreciate all of that. I want to just continue to share something of the Word of God and wrap Africa into it. I train leaders both in Tanzania, Kenya, and sometimes in other East African countries and in India. I trust a new generation of leaders, kingdom leaders that are looking to something new that God is bringing. Do you know, truth sets you free. But you've got to walk in progressive truth. Truth is always progressive. We cannot eat yesterday's manna, because yesterday's manna means you're chewing worms. A lot of Christians, I think, are living on a diet of worms, and uh, that's unfortunate. But God's got a progressive truth, and for you and I to become fully free as the Son of God wants us to be free, we need to always be asking for fresh revelation, not merely that which is personal, but that which is taking the world. That which raises the ecclesia, the church of God, the called ones of God, up to the governmental authority and position that He wants them to have. And in fact, if we had already reached that, we wouldn't be here today. If we had reached that, we would be in glory now. Already, the church would have reached that destiny and call. And so, as I present just briefly today, I think I'm finishing around 10:15, 11:15. 15, 15, uh-huh. I want to share some important thoughts about 2018. I remember coming here two years ago before 2017 and said, God's blowing a trump. Mm, that went down like a lead balloon. Uh huh. <laughs> God's blowing a trump. And at the time of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, God is announcing that he is about to bring in a new era. And so in 2017, and note the number seven, Trump did come on in. Like it or lump it, he came in on his 70th birthday, 7th month and 7 days. That's his age when he came into office. God's saying something about what he's doing and the timetable of God. We must keep up with progressive truth. God is moving and you need to be keeping in his timetable. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verses 1 to 3, he said to the leaders, because you have not discerned the time that you are in, you are hypocrites. You do not know what you're doing. Again, he said, in Luke, he said, because you have not discerned the time of your visitation, then you are going to be left desolate. It's so important that we discern the time we are in, and it is a leader's obligation to know the time. Leaders must know the time because if you don't know the time, how can you lead God's people into place? How can you direct them so they fulfill that which God is calling us into? You are transformed by truth. We need this transformation. We need to ask God for more and greater revelation. And that is what He is now up to. 2017 was a remarkable year. It was the 70th jubilee of Israel's entire history from the very first one. Seventy. Seven is a big number. It's the number of the sword, Zayin, fighting, victory. But it's also the number of rest, the Sabbath. And you cannot come into rest without a true victory in Jesus Christ. There has to be something you go through to win the peace that is on the other side. Peace that is just a, something fabricated is no peace at all. We have to fight for that destiny and fight for that peace that God has got for you that is a victorious peace because the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. This is not an apathetic peace. This is a dynamic resting in God peace. And God wants this for New Zealand. Instead of apathy, instead of shifting between two opinions, instead of maximize mediocre politics, Mm. do you get that? MMP. God is looking for something beyond that that truly takes his people into his last day's purposes. And so there is a shaking that is going to come to this country. There is. It's a necessary shaking that God will bring because he is bringing a division. He is bringing dividing angels and dividing forces into the nation so that those who are going to stand for Him will truly stand and move into the next thing that God is now putting into the church's hands. Am I speaking Japanese this morning? (laughs) Arabic? This is a time when God is going to visit the nation with fire. And He is going to cause this nation to decide where it stands. Firmly, fixedly, and aligned to His people Israel. The season has come, and God will not hold back. He is not going to reserve any longer, but it is a time when He is moving beyond the seven and into the eight. It's a time of lifting up. It is a time from going on the exponential curve that led to 2017 and suddenly be called up into a new position. Eight is always the number of resurrection. This is the time of moving up into your high calling of finding the position that Jesus Christ has always had for you and wants you to accept by faith, not by striving, not by seeking to be something that you have not ever been, but to know who you are in Jesus Christ. This year, 2018, is a time of lifting up and will separate those who are living in heavenly realities from those who are ground-grubbing at ground level. And it all has to do with how you think, how you see, the mindset you have, whether it is a fixed mindset, I'm only a Kiwi, I'm only a Tanzanian, I'm only this, I'm only that, I couldn't do much, a fixed mindset that boxes you in like a small shark into a miniature aquarium. God is wanting to take you out and put you into the ocean of possibilities and become the giant that you have been made to be. He does not want you with a fixed mindset. He's looking for that which is a growth mindset. where you're not just fixed on the destiny, but you realize that the process too is part of the plan. This is a time for accepting all that God brings your way and seeing it as your stepping stone into the next level of God. It's it's the 2018 resurrection year. Last year was an amazing time of shift. where we started to see nation shifting, Brexit happened. That was no accident. God's up to things big time. But if you don't discern it, you'll never fit into it. God's shifting nations at this time. And He's asking New Zealand to be part of that shift. He really is. He's asking Tanzania to come into a new place and to take her place, too, in the last day's program of God. Because it's the 70th Jubilee last year, I don't know if we'll get to 71, which is 50 years ahead, There's something about this Jubilee period that's so important to God. Jubilee speaks of the return of wealth to God's people. The return of their inheritance to His people. It speaks of families being reunited as they should be. Slaves coming out of their addictions and their inhibitions and their manacles. And finding the freedom that is in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jubilee is the time of the Yobel, the trump being blown. And there never has been another President Trump, if God is saying anything, he's just simply saying, I am blowing a trump. Be aware, God is taking us into something high. And so to the seventh church that we see in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus said, open your heart, open the doors of your heart, Verse 18, and I will come in and I will start to sup with you as a precursor to the marriage supper of the Lamb, the entree. I want to teach you how to eat with me. Let me come into you and open the door. And if you will open the door, I will open a door in heaven for you. Because Revelation 4 verse 1 says, and I looked and I saw and I heard the voice, the sound of a trump saying, come up here. And I saw a door. If you will open a little door for Jesus, He will open a big door for you. If you will open a door in your heart, I promise you, He will open a door in heaven. And He will take you up there in the Spirit. And you will start to see things you could never have seen before. And He says, I will show you what now must take place. God is wanting to give His church discernment. He is wanting to fulfill their their challenge of the Holy Spirit upon you. But you cannot think at His level down here. You must accept His invitation to come up here. Come up here. And so I'm just going to give you a small acronym. I think we'll only get part of the way. But it'll give you something to chew on for a few weeks. I hope the word open. This is the word that God is giving us in Africa that is to mark this year. O-P-E-N. And open stands for, first of all, being an overcomer, not an undergoer, not being down, being up, not being hidden, being revealed, not being small and fixed, but being someone who grows, open, being an overcomer. And O, of course, means open. Open, we're going to need, we have to discover what that really means. It is a time for openness. But how can we become truly open? We need to move into the P. Position. God's got a position for you, and you can never change your perspective until you change your position. You may be an eagle, but if you're a ground-grubbing eagle, your perspective is the same as a chicken. Mm. Hallelujah. You must rise to the position before you can change your perspective. Yes. Never tell somebody, just change your perspective. That's dumb. Change your position, then you'll see like an eagle sees. You cannot change your attitude until you change your altitude. Hmm? Are you with me? But you cannot change your altitude unless you understand by faith what Jesus Christ has achieved for you on the cross. It all comes by faith. And then after this pea, you must understand, or with this pea, you must understand how to plant. It's so important to plant. If you are going to do what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 51 verse 16, I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with a shadow of my hand that you may plant the heavens. And that I may lay the foundations of the earth. And that I may proclaim to Zion, your God reigns. You and I are to plant the heavens. We are to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if you don't know what is up there in heaven, how can you ever get it planted on earth? We must know how to plant. We must know how to speak and declare the living words of God, echoing His command here on earth so that it takes shape and form and substance. We need to articulate the language of heaven. That's the P side. The E, we need to engage. It's time to engage as we've never engaged before. This is real or it's just psychobabble. Either I'm trying to psych you up to some imaginary thing up here, or this is reality, and somehow you are not where you think you are. Or maybe you are. Hallelujah. We need to engage as never before. And with the engagement, we start to become the ecclesia. What does that mean? Personally, I find the word church difficult and restrictive. I don't really see it in the Bible. But give me ecclesia. Mmm now i see some grunt now i start to understand what christ is up to the god's governmental assembly not just a meeting and worship huddle but a governmental assembly to start to change a nation to start to radically reform humankind that's what makes me a missionary i'm not just to get them singing from a songbook god forbid I'm out there to change Africa, to change India. I want the world to be filled with the glory of Jesus Christ. I've got to raise up the ecclesia of God. And then as we come to the end, it's time to be His new creation. But you can't be that new thing. You can't think new unless you take the other steps. The O, the P, the E, and then the new. That'll kick in powerfully. Finally, with that end, To start to establish networks, networks of the new relationships that's happening for Roxy. God's just mixing people in, making a team. Roxy, the Lord's going to accelerate your involvement here. You'll be amazed at the grease lightning that he applies. It's not going to be like you get stuck. God's just putting you into a place that's oiled and well-fitted and the gears are meshing and everything's humming. Mmm, it's going to be so natural, so sweet. You're in the right place. God's got that for you, absolutely. And so let's kind of go back, whoo, okay, <coughs> to open. Are you with me? Yeah. Listen, saints, it's time to come up here. And we need to understand what that means. Listen you are not where you think you are, at least. Most Christians are not. And until we take our place, you are not going to find the achievement and the destiny and the fulfillment that you've always hoped for. You need to change your faith. And so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, and he has seated us with Christ in heavenly places. And all of this is by grace and not by works and no person could ever boast. Jesus Christ did an amazing thing as we have now come into the year of 2018 the resurrection year we're also in the third millennium we've moved out of the second millennium which in Bible timetable is the second day we moved out of the second day and we're moving into a third day scenario Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says that on the second day, he will revive us. And certainly in the second 1,000 years after Christ, the church started to gain revival again with Luther and others bringing the Reformation and the acceleration of the church in part back to what she was or called to be. But now we come to the third day. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 6 says, That on the third day, He will raise you up so that you might live in His presence. God is not after a visitation theology. He's after a habitational culture. Where I live in His presence every moment, every day. I am with Him. He never leaves me. He never deserts me. He is always in my thinking. Always in my heart. It's the third day. Everything happens on the third day. On the third day, Israel crosses the Jordan and enters into the Promised Land. On the third day, Abraham was about to slay Isaac, but Isaac, as it were, was resurrected from the dead. On the third day, Jonah was vomited out of the big fish uh into the place of missionary empowerment and saving a whole nation. Mm, I like third day. Third day is when Jesus breaks out of the tomb and the grave is empty and the angels, you start to see things happen on the third day. This is the third day. In Luke chapter 13, I think it's uh, in verse 52, 32, Jesus says, behold, I perform miracles today and tomorrow. But on the third day, I become fully mature. I become perfected. Everything happens on the third day. Hallelujah. It's time for us to slip into third day thinking. Hello. To go beyond Egypt, to go beyond the desert, and to come into the third place, the promised land of Jesus Christ. Which is not heaven when you die by and by in the sky because you're not going to fight giants up there. Are you going to put your life on the line in heaven? Of course you're not. Are you going to pull down cities in heaven? Be pretty dumb if you do. He'll kick you out. Uh, The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is the kingdom of Jesus Christ in New Zealand. Here and now in power and authority. Where the ecclesia is ruling as Jesus Christ wants her. We're moving into the third day. And we need to start to ask God, give me a third day anointing. Give me third day thinking. Please, why did you come? You know that Jesus, his first teaching word ever to any of his disciples is in John chapter 1, verse 51. And when he saw his first disciples, he looked at Nathaniel, the man without guile, and he said, you shall see heaven open. You shall see heaven open, and you shall see angels ascending, which means they're down here in the first instance. They're ascending, and then they're descending with everything you need. Jesus came to open heaven for you and me. He didn't come to make it a hard task. He said, You, right here and now, you will not just smell it. You'll not just you will see it. You will see. It. It's time to move into a visionary fullness of the gospel. Hallelujah. It starts to so taste and see. That the tasting starts to materialize something. Starts to substantiate your faith. And you start to enter into the reality of what God says he has for you. Taste and see. Oh, Psalm 34, verse 8. The Lord is very. He's better than you think. He's better than you think. And he's left the very best for the end time. For now. It's time to open up jesus says i have come to open heaven we keep praying for an open heaven that's about the most faithless prayer i've heard saints we don't understand the gospel christ was open for me the living door he was split open so that i might enter into him and he has never been closed god is open for business It's time to stop praying and believing prayers and to enter into that which Christ has said is reality. Hallelujah. You have been taken up very high by God. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 3 just says this. Therefore, if you have been, if... If you have been raised up with Christ, start to restructure your thinking. Get a mindset, a growth mindset. Start to get a heavenly mindset. Fix it on Christ. For you are seated with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you're going to appear with Him in a glorious way. Hallelujah. Saints, it doesn't get better. It does not, but you've got to know it, and I've got to know it, and believe it, and it all happens on the third day. Wow. On the third day, when he bust out of the grave, he took me with him. That's right. He took me with him. That's right. So many Christians are living schizophrenic lives. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But in, and I'm nearly through at least this part, huh? John chapter. Okay, he's the man. You can you, you can stone him later on. Okay, stone this guy. Okay. And so in John chapter 3, Jesus is discussing Christianity 1.01 with Nicodemus, who figures he's a bit of a leader, he's a spiritual guy, he thinks, and so he comes at night in the darkness to hide what he's trying to find out. And Jesus says to him, he talks about things like being born again, and the wind blowing He does not know from where and where it is going. But so is everybody born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit, whoa! You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you've come from. But you're going somewhere. Hallelujah. And it's good. And then Jesus says these amazing things. In John chapter 3, verse 13. He says, no one has ascended to heaven. But he who has also descended from heaven. The Son of Man who is in heaven. Nicodemus looked at Jesus, you are crazy. You're here in front of me, Jesus. What do you mean you're in heaven? All the Aramaic versions of the Bible state very clearly, Jesus said, the Son of Man who is in heaven and many of the greek versions also say who is in heaven how could jesus say to nicodemus and really hold a straight face i am in heaven mm. jesus was there in front of nicodemus and jesus and nicodemus could see his body he could see the man but i want to tell you you are more than a body you are more than a body You are, first of all, spirit. Never put it the other way around. You're not a body with a spirit. You're a spirit with a body. Everything is changed in the new creation. I am a spirit first. I walk in the spirit. I talk in the spirit. I think in the spirit. I believe in the spirit. I'm walking with Christ in the spirit. My spirit knows no time, space, boundaries. My spirit transcends that because of who Jesus Christ is. And I. he has taken me, so he has planted me, he has seated me in heavenly places, and my spirit is face to face with Jesus Christ. Not tomorrow. Now. Now. Now the veil has been taken away. Now the Old Testament thinking has gone. Now the ministry of death and the law is over. Now I am being transformed from glory to glory as I behold the glorious one. This is the only way to grow. You don't grow by putting tithes here in the offering. You don't grow by singing a song louder. You don't grow by praying harder. You grow by seeing Jesus. Walking with him, talking with him, sharing your life with him, in heavenly places. Hallelujah. You and I need to open. It's time to get rid of the conformist small earthbound Petal. Kiwi, flightless bird mindset. Mm-hmm. I have found that when Kiwis discover that God has given them wings, nothing stops them flying. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's time for us to start to be open to what God is doing. Paul said to the Corinthian church, our heart is open wide to you. You also be open to us. You're not restricted by me, by us, said Paul. You're restricted by your own affections, by your own loyalties. Our loyalty is to old mindsets, to Pentecostal desert way of thinking. You weren't born to die in the desert. Pentecost is a feast for the desert. Come into the feast of tabernacles. Come into the feast of fruitfulness. Come into the final third day. It's a new generation. And it is this generation that lives and rules and thinks and speaks from heaven that is going to transform the earth. From there on, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you need to understand, this is Christianity 101. If I've told you of earthly things like being born, and about the wind, and you can't understand the earthly things, how can I ever start to speak to you about heaven? God is so much wanting to show you heaven. He really is. You may say, well, that will really make me useless, won't it? I'm so heavenly minded I'm no earthly good. No, 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 no. I want to tell you, you get fired up with heaven. You start to see your inheritance in Jesus Christ forever. You start to see as Christ sees the eternal things of God and you become the most practical, motivated, empowered person around. Hallelujah. I'm enthusiastic. Because the wine just gets better. And you drink enough of this, and you're away in space, but a good space. Hallelujah. With Christ. Saints, it's time for God's people to come up very high. This is the last generation. Don't let another take your place. Don't miss out on what God has got. You are made to be amazing. You are. How could you be different than that with Christ in you? The hope of glory. You are made to be extraordinary. And there is this generation rising up that is now beginning to see it and to put it in place. I mentioned Isaiah 51 verse 16. I put my words in your mouth. So that I might plant the heavens. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. You protect it. He who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty fears no evil. Hallelujah. I've done it, he says. It's achieved. It's accomplished. Now, because I have put my words in your mouth, I will plant the heavens. God has got no other way to plant the heavens but through the faith word of confidence that is in your heart and life, trusting in his finished work. He is looking for those who will stand and declare. And when the opposition comes, they will not waver. They will not flinch. But they will stand again and advance into the purposes of God. So that I may plant the heavens and that I may set the foundations of the earth. You know the foundations of this earth are in a shocking mess. God wants to rearrange the foundations. He's looking for Christians who are speaking His word who will move from the high place, the ecclesia, and start to bring changes to this world. It's time for New Zealand to rise up as never before and come out of mediocrity and start to align with the last days purposes of God with absolute courage and confidence and be the missionary nation this country has been called to be. I wonder if you'd just stand with me I would like you to stand, and if you have it in you, I would like you to follow me in a declaration. A declaration that will cement your place in alignment with Christ. A declaration that says, God, I will open myself to you this year, I will hold nothing back, and I will allow you to take me into the fullness of what I see in your word. And God, I am declaring this before you, so I would ask you to follow me in this declaration This morning, as we are here together at the beginning of this resurrection year, let's lift our hearts, let's lift our hands and our voices to the King, and then follow, if you will, after me, Almighty God. I thank you for this resurrection year. It is a year of declaration, and you are listening for my voice angels are listening to this voice of mine. And I declare before them, and I declare unto you, O God, that this is a year of openness for me, that I open my heart to you in entirely new ways. I release myself unto you I will not be held back by inhibitions and fears, but I will come fully into your presence for the door is open and you will take me high. I release myself unto you so that I can be the man or the woman of destiny you have called me to be. Father, I thank you that the door is open for me in heaven now, and I will come into your presence by the Spirit of Christ, receiving your knowledge and your discernment to be the person you want me to be. I repent from closed mindsets. I repent from small thinking, and I accept an open mindset, a growth mindset, to be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, and I thank you for it, Father, right now. Let's give Jesus a clap and a praise offering. Thank you, our Father. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is a time when God is dividing. And in New Zealand, you're going to see it. There's going to become splits. But it's not that He is after division. He is after unity. He is calling you up to the only place of unity there is in the heavenly places where you are united with Christ and every person who is there. And so this year, as things start to challenge you, remember you made that declaration. Remember you took your stand. Hallelujah. And start to come into that high place, and He will start to release the things of heaven to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.